Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Um, and we are going to have a very interesting conversation tonight. Um, as many of you know, uh, the Facebook gods are are scowling at me now. They have put me on the Grammy Awards with the, the satanic crew <laughs> on the show. So we are we will post this later on Facebook. For those of you who are coming over to our YouTube page and our website, we are happy to have you here. We're going to try to get everybody over here so we can get rid of some of the other sources, eh, if you know what I mean. Our sponsors tonight are, where's my paper? I lost it. There we go. Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. Um, Michael's a huge supporter of freedom of speech, a huge supporter of your rights, um, and he's a really great dentist. Um, he was one of the first to let people come in. And um, yeah, you had to wear a mask when you came in the door. But after that, no. And he was uh, very big and very vocal on it's your choice if you're going to get a vaccine or not. And uh, he's a great dentist, picked up a lot of clients because they liked the fact that he believed in something, whereas so many people don't believe in anything. Um, and our other sponsor is BS Free MD. That's Bullshit Free Doctors, two doctors out of the Sweet Home Lebanon area. They do a podcast. Um, they'll be here at the end of the show. I have a taped version uh, that will kind of get you up to speed on what their latest podcast is. But they're hilarious. They're nice people. They're smart. And they also do really edgy. In fact, next Monday, I did a podcast with them and a special guest who's a doctor, and she actually studies poo. <laughs> I am not kidding you. You will not believe what they can do with your poo, what they can tell about you from your poo. And they even transplant poo in people to heal them of things. I am... No shit. <laughs> it's going to amaze you. They'll be here. That's on Monday. Uh, so, uh, but for the tonight and tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about Portland. And uh, I'm going to bring on a couple of guests here. And let me start off with Angela Todd. Hi, Angela. How Hi. you doing? Good. It's good to see you. And Rachel Coyote. Rachel, good to I'm have you here. <laughs> so, you, Angela, they're part of a group called PDX Real. And, um, I want you to talk about what that is. First, why don't you tell me, Angela, how this got started? Mm. So I want to point out that Rachel is her own woman, like a lot of people on PDX Real. They're their own people. But um, together, I just started telling the story of what it's like to live in Portland and also the stories that are happening to businesses, individuals and also the policies that are driving the problems that we're having in Portland. So I guess I'm sort of like the voice and the moderator, but it's community reporting and things are coming in from people in the community constantly. And then we're telling these stories and reporting on them and letting people know how they can get involved. So um, on your, on your, on your Facebook pages, your website, all the, all this inference you're putting, I see them, you're posting videos of stuff that it looks like third world countries and fires breaking out. And Rachel, as a business owner in downtown Portland and a woman who was born in a car on a downtown Portland street, there is no one, no more Portland than you are. I'm as Portland as they get. Yeah, that's so true. What is this? And doing? initially I, you know, I have a, 
a Mexican family. So I'm coming to it from lots of different conversations and we have a small business. So that's how Angela and I connect. Um, not necessarily that we're aligned on every single topic, but definitely we agree that our city needs to be having a discussion about safety. We need to have be getting back to livability. And I have 54 small businesses that I run underneath my roof as a business. Um, they're makers, they're individual small businesses of their own. We also support over 350 small businesses throughout the year through music venues, through fine art galleries, through events, through markets, through um, theater, through all, all sorts of community outreach. And I feel very much like we're on the front line of the conversation. And so it's important that even if we don't all agree, we start to align on some things that makes our kids' lives better as we go forward. So what do you agree on? We agree on livability. We agree on safety. We agree on some really basic things that, that amount to a city you want to live in. So Angela, we, we agree. We agree that um, being liberal is fine. Just don't hurt other people. <laughs> and right? vice versa, you know, and conservatives the same way. We believe that there's so much that has been lost in the current structure. And what's happening now is so, so saturated throughout the system in Portland that it's going to take a very long time to bounce back from. And we need to start now because we're in a quagmire. What, what's I, I have faith that it has turned trajectory. Like this is something we, we differ in opinion. Maybe it's because I'm an optimist. I almost have to be so that I'm not so upset. Like I feel like it's, I feel like it's been years in the making, but I also feel like we have had this change in such a small, like five-year window of what Portland was that I think like we could flip back if we would just take a look at these horrible policies. But Rachel might be right, but I don't want her to be. I, I, don't want I it to take a long time. disagree on the fact that the structures that that have gone into these five years of bad policy making from basically an inept mayor and, and group um, has created such an exodus from our city, an exodus from our financial bases, an overlapping of sustainable building structure, a situation that is now paying multiple entities within the city to be doing the same jobs because no one has oversight. There are these challenges that I think are far reaching because we're only seeing the tip of them now. We're seeing only one business per block in the city of Portland left. That's a what? pretty scary statistic. Wait, 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 what? If you heard this one, we've done. No, this is specifically my husband and I driving, ticking things off. Right. How many businesses are on the ground floor of this block? The downtown area, if you average it out, has one active business per block. Wow. It, it's um, it's really upsetting just even um, during the dark time. You know, we were looking at what 50 percent of our businesses, restaurants went under. Right. In yeah. Portland. And then and, another 25 percent of retail went under and then another 10 percent went under once mayor wheeler said that the restaurants that were left which was a good policy could have outdoor parking for their businesses but then that took away parking from retail so we lost another 10 percent of our retail businesses because they had nowhere for their customers to park so what what's what's the major problem i mean if, if you talk to people it's you know the the riots it's homelessness it's drugs it's you know, I mean, it's, it's almost like you want to throw your hands up, not you guys, but you, you just don't it, even. It's easy to be, it's easy to be apathetic and go like, what, what, whatever. I was just talking to somebody today just about the criminal justice problem, like the catch and release program. And people will say, let's recall the district attorney 
or let's let's get rid of the mayor as long as we get rid of the mayor and it's like just with the criminal justice system i'm just gonna rattle off a few things we have a public defender problem i could get into that we have a district attorney who is an ideologue right we have a um we have sections of our our jail that are unfunded we have we have a portland lack of portland police the number that we need for safety traffic arrests etc so just there those are huge things and i would argue that we have some judge uh, problems as well well and so, you're not even you're not even talking about the trickle down on the day to day we have no. no ability to arrest we have no ability to no accountability for uh, for repeat offenders. We have no on the street accountability. Uh, people can walk away from a police officer at any time with no policy at all for where repercussions land there. We have um, outright acceptability of things that are completely illegal happening on the street every day as a standard mayoral policy. So it runs from Angela's conversation right down to small business to your average Joe on the street. So, it, it, and you know, what I remember from the past, you know, in the dark time that, you know, they, they allowed this to go on and, 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 and then all of a sudden it seems like just in the last year or six months that all of a sudden, you know, some of these people with their ideology that's in the toilet started going, wait a minute, we got to stand now. We got, we, we need to get back our city, but you've already let it go. You already well, created. So, so the, so from my perspective, um, this is a, per, this is a people problem. Like people say, we've thought most of our life, I don't necessarily think Rachel, but most people have thought that's the government's job. Let the government take care of it. I'm going to pay attention to this other stuff. The way that it works is people need to be involved in their governing. When we talk about, they work for us. Part of it is, is that we understand what they're doing. We understand where our money is being spent, there's accountability, et cetera. The lack of being involved is actually fed into this uh, from my perspective. From the public. Um, I would agree with that too. And I would, I'm, I'm the nerd of the neighborhood because I, as Angela knows, I read the budget. I read what's going yeah. out in, in local contracts. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that average person. But when you are that person who has that information, you need to be doing what Angela's doing or doing what I'm doing and sharing with the people who are probably, and this is just from talking to our customers, they're so baffled. They're boggled. They don't know which direction to go, where to put their energy, where to put their money, where to put their conversation. They're so afraid right. politically and they aren't, they aren't even able to conceptualize how many layers are broken and they don't know where to start. So I think between Angela and I sitting down and having real conversations is a good start for a lot of people to at least get their head around where they feel they might be able to plug into that and do good. So what is pdx.real? What is pdx.real and how does that become? Is that a, a place where people can go with ideas or to get informed or what kind of Angela, what is, what's your goal? It's, it's a, um, so first of all, primarily, I think, part of the issue is, is that people need to be communicating and they need to be educated and they yeah. need to know where to plug in. So I work on all those things kind of at the same time. So instead of just having say shock value, like, Oh, look at this fire. Isn't that awful? You know, we talk about what the statistics are. We talk about what's going on with our fire department. We talk about 
city council meetings or how, what the county's responsible for, what the city's responsible for. And then people like, like Rachel that read the budget give me information that I plug in there too, because frankly, I'm not quite the numbers person she is. But, um, but I, I have a lot of people. So I'm, I'm basically trying to bring people, again, I, I, I mean, I don't know how to say this exactly the right way, Rick, but I'm sort of a portal. You know, okay. we, ha I have a lot of people feeding me information and I, and I try to make it simple as I'm giving it to people and then have them be, and we like, let me back up and say, sorry, I'm going around my sentence. No, 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 a lot of times people say, what do I do? What do I do? I want to make a difference. What do I do? And I say to them, what are you most upset about? What, what's igniting you? Cause there is so much wrong that honestly, like if you're a good public speaker, like you could, you could go speak down there. You could join an advisory committee. You could be involved um, in a way that I just feel like there's so many different ways that right. people can make a difference, but many hands are going to make light work. And I can promise you that one person being elected in a spot, like a totally different mayor, I don't think will fix this um, because we, there's interaction with like the county and the state and the legislature the people i'm trying to awaken people to get involved in their governing i don't think it'll be fixed any other way don't you think because i was a news guy for 25 years and i remember and i used to talk about this i would always say the biggest problem we have in the state of oregon right now is apathy and well, it I was, think it, on that topic, and I don't mean to cut in, Angela, but I think no. it's it's even worse no, now. You've had several people who spent many, many years doing during the dark times, doing nothing except playing video games and smoking pot. And you have a lot right. of people who moved here from other places during that time because they were escaping high cost of living or whatever else was on their ticket list. And now they're in a city where they have not had to be active and haven't right. been aware because they've been locked in and self-sheltering. So all this has kind of rolled downhill for several years before uh. it got to this moment. And now people are finding that they either have seen it this way for so long that it doesn't matter, that they never cared to begin with because they came from somewhere else. They didn't grow up with the city that Angela and I know as kids or as even five right. years ago. Right, right. So they don't know what this city has the potential to be in its amazingness and its vibrancy and its saturation safety, of great being businesses. Being out at night, safety. being able to walk around. Right. I mean, sorry, and it just makes me so mad. You, it's not the same place. Right. So if you spent five years, half of it, say, locked in your house and half of it not knowing the city, how would you know that this is supposed to be one of those cities that is on the top list of every yep. national poll as the most livable city until five years ago, right? right? You wouldn't know. So what we're trying to do within that conversation is to give people a basis of what healthy is. What does real look like? These are problems that are happening and this is part of the structure of why. So once you understand the structure, you can find a way to set yourself more inspiration moments to be involved and if that's a tiny yeah. way for you that's fine right and because wait. it's going to take people who care about that city yeah. to wake up and say okay instead of just going you know i think this happens in our national politics too in, in country it's like you know 
Uh, this is so crazy. I can't even pay attention to it anymore. I mean, I can't even well, do and it. People are overwhelmed and, I, and they're overwhelmed by the news every single day. As a news person, you know, that's half the policy of news is to make it sensationalist and aggressive. And, oh, yeah. and until we can have regular conversations and say, and I think this is a huge benefit to what Angela does every day is that there's input and media yep. and stories every single day. So yesterday may have overwhelmed you today may have overwhelmed you, but but this evening is a story about somebody who's doing something really small and really pertinent. And that may be where you link it. And that may be where you connect. So with the saturations yeah. that you give to it, Angela, you give people so many opportunities. But isn't there yeah, also I, a little I, bit of a problem? What I hear from people that live up there that I know, and they'll say, well, I live in Beaverton. I don't see it. Or yeah. I live in Lake Oswego. It's not. The people in not. Beaverton and Lake Oswego and Clackamas and Vancouver are not saying that anymore. I'm getting messages. They're like, wow, wow, this is really growing. And that's the thing also anywhere in the state and even outside of the state of Oregon. I feel like I have a speaker on for people. Absolutely. Handle yourself locally. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were just, I wasn't able to quite articulate it properly. But I think one of the things that people need to be doing is handle your block, know your neighbors, you know, oh, good, we talk good, about good. these national politics and we get so upset and we're like, what am I supposed to do? Well, don't focus local, locally. Local, local. You can absolutely make a difference locally. I mean, I can tell you how many different people have called me about problems on their streets with crime, businesses. And we've, we've interfaced with the city specifically and aggressively about that issue. We've put it out and we've totally cleaned stuff up. Now, granted, there's a bigger problem because this encampment or this problem gets moved elsewhere. And it, so I can't tell you that we're handling the really big issues, but I can tell you that the more people that get involved, like we can start to make that. We have this idea that the government is going to pass a policy or do something and fix it. And the truth is, is that the people, the people are going to dictate that. Then the ethos will be a certain way. And then the people that are running will know what the expectation is. No, and, that's really good. Well, that is that's so a, good. That's because an especially I, important point because you have to talk about every decision that's made in that ethos, as you call it, in that structure, in that big overarching framework has to be something that not only do you passionately believe in, but that you're passionately funding. And it's really not happening at all. What's happening with funding all across the city of Portland anyway is that there are duplicate fundings, there are triplicate job descriptions, there are quadruplicate government contracts right now from our particular mayor to do the exact same job in the exact same area. So once somebody knows that their neighbor works on this or that their neighborhood has not agreed to this, then there's a bigger conversation. There's more people who can jump in and say, Right. Wait, that doesn't make sense to me. And how is well, this still speaking happening? Of, speaking of funding, like this is really simple for anyone listening. What's happening in Portland right now is the county has a series of things that they're doing that they're enabling people on the streets. So they've been well-funded. They're responsible, by the way, for shelter. They're responsible for rehabilitation. They're responsible for harm reduction. You know, however you define that, they define it in crazy ways. Five million needles a year in Portland, we have less than a million people, but I digress. So they're like giving 40,000 tarps and 27,000 tents and 
your stuff gets wet and your clothes get wet and that's okay and we'll give you more and then that entity and that body um that 240 i think around 260 million dollars this year is going to the joint office of homeless services between us and seattle um we are funding a half a billion dollars a year in homeless services and the streets look like they do so anyway so that it's money not working going out well, it's, it's also not, not working. a condition of homelessness Right, because we, we have, yeah, exactly, exactly. What is it? Wait, 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 wait. So I missed that. I missed that. It's not a condition of homelessness. Like, we, that's why Housing First is not working. You have to treat people with the why. So, the conversation needs to be, because their surveys, a recent survey in the city of Portland said 8% of the people who are in tents ever want to be within a building. 8%. This is not my statistics and it's not my, my political agenda. This is a right. survey by the city of Portland that 8% of people who are in tents want to be in a service building. Yet we are spending literally billions of dollars buying apartment buildings, buying hotels to house people who don't want to be in them because when they're on the streets, they have the liberty to buy, sell, manufacture, share, steal, not follow the laws. So when we have a discussion about what the impetus is of why this is a, a situation on the streets, we need to be realistic about it and have a conversation about how we can actually be solving or helping or assisting to make a change, not just doing the same thing and throwing money at it and throwing tarps at it. That's not going to help anything change. And then your governor comes out with all this money that goes to the, the you know the same kinds of things and why, why doesn't Oregon instead of becoming the club med for every transient person in the country um, put down some go back to the books that said you know I I can't go into a, a city park and just set up my trailer house or I didn't used to be if I did they'd probably come after me and tell me to leave but anybody else can do that. And, and when do you get to a point where you have to, you know, like when you're raising children, you have to sometimes be really harsh. And it feels like to me that Oregon, Portland, I mean, this is happening in Eugene too, or the same thing. Well, it's, it's happening just, if you go, I mean, if we just recently went up to British Columbia, it's the same thing. We went to Seattle, it's the same thing. Los Angeles, California, all up and down the coast, you're seeing whole entire states that have decided that this is acceptable. And that we are also, as policy servers, not addressing the real root issues. We're right. addressing patch pro projects is basically what they are. And the billion dollar patch right. projects is what we're talking about. But we're not addressing the real issues. And hand in hand with that, unfortunately, we have defunded our police. We have unstructured our cities. We've got too many positions with not enough accountability. And we've just in Oregon, we've dismantled many of our gang task forces. We have dismantled our, our drug task forces. We have dismantled our on the street child services task forces. We have dismantled our, so these are structures that are helpful for a whole community. We've underfunded our overnight shelters. We have defunded our shelters that have to do with human communities. So any family services, there are no shelters for full families. We have literally torn down several shelters in our city in favor of buying them apartments or 
handing out tarps and other. So let me let me jump in real quick with some oh. real stories about what Rachel just said. So number one, uh, we just had a, a a mother who had a child that was a toddler where we had gone out at fifty seventh, hundred and fifty seventh in Southeast Portland. We um, it took us six days to get um, child protective and DHS out there. We finally did. Um, I, I ended up calling because I was there doing a story and actually saw the child. And they went out and they never got out of the car and the mother fled. And the rule is, is that within 24 hours, they have to take care of that. That's one story and it's awful. The other thing Rachel mentioned was, you know, we have a breakdown with, you know, our police, like, for example. So right now, um, when it's 26 minutes on a priority one in my house in Mount Tabor, that's the last time I looked, it changes and fluctuates all the time. But priority one is that I actively have somebody in my home that is physically harming me. Uh, 26 minutes, minutes to get to that person who's actively harming you. And so that's we, um, we have emergency services and fire. We had mentioned, um, actually, I don't think we mentioned this, but we have over 50% of our fires in the last calendar year are homeless camp related. So 50 how many a day, how many a day you were saying earlier, well, Rachel, what did you hear? Cause I heard the last thing I saw was five a day, but that was from the last I think you're talking year. city and I was talking County. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, so Rachel had 25, which she had read. Mm -hmm. So, and but it's and that's where regular. houses are affected. Other people are affected and we don't, when people decided that funding needed to stop for services that are emergency services, not only that, they they cut back on our fire department. They cut back on our police hiring. They cut back on police training. They cut back on, if anyone has a challenge with anything that happens in police response, look to your own budget. Right. And so I was talking earlier about the county giving, giving, giving and enabling. So what's happening is the city is responsible for cleaning up that same mess of what's all being distributed out on the street. So the city, the city spends money on a lot of things. One of those things is even going and moving these encampments, cleaning up the trash, the needles, um, the the tents, the wet clothes, the things that they steal. And there's a lot of theft out there. But I mean, like you, um, so like the taxpayers are paying on both sides of this. But and then they're in also middle, paying on a third side also because we're paying for all the things that are stolen. And right. you're paying in a retail level because you're paying for the cost of living to go up because of all the things that were stolen to cover the cost of what that is. And you're paying your taxes exactly. in addition to paying whatever on the street cost you have to pay to compensate to make your bottom line even out because you've been robbed or broken into so many times. So the cost for the average Joe, who's a working person, is going up in an exponential manner. Well, and you're making it, they're making it unaffordable for Port I mean, Portland already is, was expensive. But now if you're paying all that, how are you going to take care of basic services? Well, you're not, because well, that's why the, the city people, looks like a shithole. That's why the last three years we've had, you know, more people leave than come in for the first time in the last three years, because... I mean, I'm here to say I love this city and I'm going to fight for it because it matters to me. But I think that people are sort of looking at taxation without representation, right? right. And they're just like, I, I don't feel safe. Like I'm having these issues and so I'm out. Okay, so let's yeah. spend the last five minutes talking about what we can do. So how people can get involved to help 
who are on the same page as you guys. You know, this is not a liberal. This is not a conservative. This is not a right wing or a left wing. It's not an anti-homeless. No. It's a reality-based group I, of people who are going. I'd like to say the first thing, um, and Rachel, I'm sorry. I just want to say the first thing is, is that you want to get to the point where you know what's going on. Um, so, so if and you know what's read going the news. on, read actual documents in your community, go to your community centers, go to your city hall, go to your city council meetings, be there. Yeah. You want to know, you want to know what's going on. And if you're sort of like, wow, that's a lot at first, like plug into something like us so that we can start leading you to stuff. You can get this, like learn about this and know where it is that you're going to best plug in. I, I think understanding what's happening so that you know where to plug in is is like really key and important and i think that being able to communicate that to people around you um once you start getting more i i, I have found that i have found some really great allies and being able to open my mouth and speak about what's going on and how i feel about it well i'm um, not in a confrontational way but you right. know you can sort of find allies in your community i, I would think too angela that's a beautiful point is that it doesn't have to be a political discussion. Right. You're talking about our kids. You're talking about 20 years from now, where do you want your kids to live? Where do you want your old right. people to live? I mean, we're selling in Portland. We are selling our community centers to pay for new housing for camps. Is that how you want to spend your money in a city? Understand where your money's going. Do you want your seniors cared for? Then, then understand how that is funded in your city. Do you think it's important for your kids to have parks? then go to your city council and understand how that is funded in your city. It's in any system in the United States, at least the money's going to be where the conversation is. So find a way to watch Angela or listen to other things, get out of the news stream, start yep. to understand your community, stop listening to the pundits that are on TV and start to understand that it, even if you go only as far as your own personal block, who needs what, how do they need it? And right. where do you get it? Right. Right. And I, and I think, I think too, Rick, I know we just have a couple of minutes, but I also want to say this, like there is something really beautiful in this fight. There is something that you will find within yourself and with your connections with people that are not surface. Yeah. It's very like amazing. You get close with people. You feel fulfilled because you're able to help and you're able to be helped. And this is what we're missing in our community anyway. So I find that this is the most important thing to be doing. And so in some weird way, um, I feel a little bit blessed to be in Portland at this time and be part of the well, change. Okay, That's a weird so, thing, but. No, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, you know, not, and I'm not, to say. and I'm not trying yeah. to get all religious or anything, but, but, you know, it, it clearly says, you know, you are called for such a time as this. And I believe that about everything going on in our world right now. Is I, I, my thing is, I feel like we've been apathetic and this is our opportunity to take back, um, not by force, but to go in and use, if you're educated first, then you can use your voice. Yeah. Then your voice has, has resonance because if, it, if you don't get educated, then you're blabbing someone else's talking points that are probably a bunch of horse shit. Right. But if you are educated and you know where that money's going from the city hall of Sherwood or Tigard or Beaverton or Force Grove, and you know that in your heart, then you can go in with, with great voice and be this melody that comes in and other people are going to listen and go, oh, wow. And I that's really how you start that. yeah. changing it. And yeah. you have the yeah. opportunity to be part of something big. 
You well, know, and to, I think too, that's, that's the most beautiful moment is to say it can get big. It's, it's small yeah. people doing small things and you can make a big, that's what our whole freaking country voting system is yeah. based on well, is every exactly. tiny voice matters and it makes a difference. Yep. So let's stand up, say these things aren't working and make a difference with kindness and thoughtfulness. We don't have to be political. We don't have to be arguing. We can be having real conversations about what we want our world to look like. Let's do it. But you first, as you guys both have pointed out, because people want to skip to the second part. Yeah, you can't skip. You, you have to get edge. you got to find out what's going on in your neighborhood and why yeah. and, and that where that money's going. Reduce. And I once you get that, that a thousand times. Yeah, no, but I don't think you can. Come I on think, over. I'll tell you what I know. That's what I know. Tell people what I, I know. I saying it to a news guy, too. It's like, ah, I'm sorry, but. Yeah. You no, can. but and, yeah. and you know the thing that I think that what what brings us to, to full circle for me too is we have to be able to start talking about what's causing the problem. Yes. And yes, I'm sorry to a bunch of people out there that want to call them the unhoused, but you have created an atmosphere where people are coming there because they don't want to live in a house. And now you're spending taxpayer dollars to build them a freaking house. You get intelligent anyway. about this stuff. You know, I mean, it's not illegal to say the word homeless and it's not illegal. Doesn't make you bad people, but people, we have to stop letting people cancel us because we're talking about real issues and using real names to put on them, not some pronoun or whatever the hell we want to well, want and to that's stay not, on. That's it. not even the issue. I mean, no, you can call I'm, it anything you want, but that's um, either any of those titles aren't the issue at, at hand anyway. So, no, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a smokescreen to make us all think that we're looking the other way while all of the funding for all of our community services get taken away. So right. let's look at real things for real people exactly. who pay real taxes who are really working and the real families who go to work with two jobs and try and make a better world for their kids. Like that's a real community sector. Let's talk about their lives too. It's not one topic in the city. And, and, and I, I love what you were talking about with these buildings that were once centers for senior people. And now they're talking about creating things uh, to, to house. So it's not one or uh, one, which one is the most important. That's all we're asking. Pick which way do you have want to be? Have a conversation. We have four state. city parks in Portland right now that are for sale. Is that important to you? Is your community center being sold to a developer to build a condo that's going to be empty in five years because there's no one left in Portland? Is right. that what's important to you? If it and is, trashed. you know, have a conversation. You guys, I this was way more fun than I was expecting. <laughs> No, I think, Thank you. I think we, we specialize in that. <laughs> I think you're onto something. And I hope, I hope that by airing this, that people not just in Portland, but Eugene and Springfield and Medford and Salem and where I live over here, you know, we're, we're in Montana. You got to be not a lot of people. You got to be devoted. It's pretty damn cold out there. I mean, there. I, I think, I think that, you know, we, we, um, I know we're ending, but I, I want to say this. There was a woman, her first name's Nancy in Old Town. She's schizophrenic. She was featured online with a sensational video of her kind of acting pretty crazy because she's a little crazy on the max. And she just froze um, a few weeks ago in the cold during the ice storm. And we have programs that are well-funded and somehow in all this ideological bullshit, we have, we have not even helped our most vulnerable like the people who literally do pro do need some housing. And she was kicked out of Bud Clark because she was too crazy. We don't have a place for people like that. Well, except we don't have so, place for mental care. We have people. That's right. My, my real guys who are on the street every day, the veterans who have had war challenges and stories, 
have have literally come to my door and said thank you for the years of supporting us and for you know we always knew yes. what was going on with them and they literally have said we have to move out of Portland because it's too dangerous they're yes. scared and Our, so <laughs> I guess I guess like what I'm saying is is like for the people you just brought up like the Medford and the Eugene and the so you know the Bend and whatever I think it's really important in this state that we start focusing on what we have in common because the right versus left conversation we are getting nowhere is what we need to focus on is what we have in common and then also basically our government is not being governed and it, it's not being it, it, money's not being spent well accountability is not there i mean there's rachel's outlined so many things and i certainly could could do a number on it doing the things that i know what I'm saying is, is this is really about the people and the governing. And so if it, safety and livability, we all have that in common. We all yeah. want to know that we can call for emergency services and that we're safe and that we're, um, we're protected. Our families, our property, our livelihood, um, our you know, our kids, like our seniors, you know, our most vulnerable. So that's really what this is about. And that's really the culture that we're interested in kind of putting back into place is I just call it livability. I, I like you guys. <laughs> I think, I mean, I hope everybody in Oregon listens to this and just feels encouraged that, you know, let's, let's, let's make the state a place we all want to be. We you feel know like I mean? there's hope, which is a good thing. Yeah. It'd be we nice for hopeful. people to feel that every now and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So pdx.real, you can find them on mm -hmm. Facebook. Um, yeah, Instagram. and uh, Instagram's kind of our biggest place, which okay. is pdx.real. Twitter's pdxreal1. And then Facebook I think is so Facebook is, so yeah, it's like, well, Facebook's pdxreal official or something like that. But you'll see the logo on each one of them. And um, yeah, and um, Urbanite is a kick ass place if you haven't been there in Portland. And you Just can follow make us sure on you Instagram. We're Urbanite PDX. And we, again, we support 54 small businesses, 300 small businesses. If you include all Bring the your other wallet, outreach and though, if you go. Yeah. And, then, We've got and, then as, and then as we're leaving, I have to do this just because it's fun. And guess what, you guys? Rachel, I know her in-laws. Her husband's <laughs> family were a news story that I covered for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, really great, wonderful people taking care of kids. Yeah. And it's a very small world that Adoptive we live in. Adoptive families. I know it is, isn't it? It's kind well, of Well, tell funny. them hello from me too. I will. I absolutely will. Yeah. Okay. Angela, get back to me in a couple months and let's see how okay. you're going. And we'll just keep pushing this idea of, of education and, and, and calling things what they Sounds are. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks for, the for having us, Rick. Okay. Uh, see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Hold on. I got to pull my screen down here. See you, Angela. All right. So that was, was that fun? I'm getting so excited. I'm losing my mic here. No, you guys, you can do it. I mean, seriously, it doesn't have to be the way that it is. And we don't have to be arguing as Democrats and Republicans and independents. We can all be arguing and coming up with ideas as people, as human beings uh, who just care about our town or our state. Um, yeah, I really, really like that. Okay, we cannot do this without our sponsors. So one of our sponsors is tonight. I got to remember what I'm going to air here because I've been. I'm so excited. I'm sitting here looking around, going, "Where's my script? Where's my script?" Oh, BS Free MD. They talked to a guy who has a really interesting story. He's now like a life coach kind of thing, and really more like an athletic coach, but really hard life. And they had a part two that's coming up this week. And here's May and Tim to talk just a little bit about what's going to be on that show.
back, Pantherland people. I love it. This week on our podcast is part two of our interview with Jake Thomas. If you listened last week or you are watching Rick's show, then you heard us talk about our guest, Jake Thomas, um, who basically hit rock bottom and walked us through his journey uh, post-Marines, through his bartending career, into his cocaine addiction and more, um, and the bottoming out of his life, which is kind of sad. And now has become a very successful diet coach, physical I don't know everything coach. I don't I don't even know how to describe it because he he touches on so many different things and aspects of health. Very successful bodybuilder. Uh great story. Actually won vegan bodybuilding competitions. I don't think it was vegan bodybuilding. It was, it was a bot it was vegan it, bo yes. I thought it was bodybuilding and he happened to be a vegan. I think it was both, but I may <laughs> have both. misinterpreted you got that. Two awards. Anyways, now he's a carnivore, so he's gone. He's gone the exact other way. He explains why he thinks that's the best diet. You can agree or disagree, but listen up because it is really awesome, mm -hmm. super inter interesting, and I found it uh, like unbelievably pro provocative. I think one of the most interesting interesting things he said was, "Look at the you know people that are paragons of ancient wisdom, and they did three things." They isolated themselves. They went for very long walks and they did prolonged fasting. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, really inspirational. As I like to say it, uh, he really became his own mentor for himself, climbed his Mount Everest of demons. And now he's helping pull other people up the mountain, aided by what he's learned so that you don't have to do it alone. And it's he's got some great insights, great theories. And so stay tuned for that episode on the rise after the fall of Jake Thomas. <laughs> yes. Inspiration with plenty of perspiration. <laughs> the guys are crazy. So you can catch them on Spotify. Any of your favorite, uh, it's called BS like bullshit BS free MD. Um, other sponsor, Dr. Michael Bratlin, Chris Daniel family dentistry. Um, talked to his hygienist the other day. And I figured out that I'm doing something really, I wanted, I know this is kind of weird, but I wanted to find out like, what are the biggest things people do wrong? when they brush your teeth. Joining me now is Liz Maxson. She's a dental hygienist for Dr. Bratlin at Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. What are the three top issues you see um, that people could, that we could easily stop doing um, that would help with our dental hygiene? Most of the time we brush too quickly. So I would say not brushing long enough, but brushing too fast is probably the number one issue I see because when we brush too fast, we don't really have enough time. The brush doesn't have enough time to get in there and clean all of those surfaces really well. Yeah, I, I like to tell patients that it should almost be kind of relaxing. It's almost like a meditative thing. You know, we should really be slowing down, taking our time, starting on one side and very slowly working our way to the other side. And we will have two and three coming up later and uh, later in the month. But I've been doing that. Like instead of just rushing out the door, you know, I have electric toothbrush. Instead of just doing that before you run out the door, I've been really kind of taking that time, just thinking about my day and what I'm doing and going slow and stuff. And it really works. Okay. So tomorrow night we're going to have a, um, oh, I put my bat pad over there. Another group out of Portland uh, talking about the same kind of issues that are going on. Um, they're actually, I think, going to take some, some people to court. 
and they're going to discuss that with it. They've been on doing uh, Lars Larson and some stuff like that. So they contacted me and I thought, oh, hell yeah, let's put you on. So share this on your page because um, Facebook's kind of throttling me back right now because I was a bad boy to them <clears throat> because they're inconsistent and hypocritical. But um, anyway, um, and if, if you are watching this on Facebook, go over to my YouTube channel under Rick Dancer and go or over to rickdancer.com, our website and start watching it for them. We're going to try to migrate the audience over to some land where we can talk freely and we don't have to worry about them getting their undies in a bundle. All right. Have a good day. And I will see you tomorrow uh, for much more.